0: Carol Gold.
1: Hi, it's Monday, March 14th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. First and foremost, my apologies for my recent absence. I've missed, I think, three podcasts, and the reason is I have a rather painful and somewhat debilitating back injury and it's been really hard to get around let alone do a podcast but I'm feeling well enough today at least to be here and so I'm glad to be back. I hope you're still with me. I know it's really hard when you rely on a podcast and then suddenly it's not there. It's very easy to go elsewhere. There's so much to choose from. But I'd like to believe that what I offer you here is a unique perspective, because after all, it's all about thinking for yourself. And actually, I was giving thought to why I named the podcast What I Did. And it was because of all the tribalism, all the political camps that people have sort of sequestered themselves in, and this mass tendency to go along with a group for the sake of going along. And that problem is really evident. We all see it. But there's a larger problem. There's a larger problem than the adult population that is caught up in that sense of tribalism, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to just be political. There are so many ways in which we divide and separate ourselves. But again, It's basically something we see evidence of every day among the adult population. But the bigger problem is the children. There is something called learned helplessness. Learned helplessness is a condition, I guess you could call it, or a state of being that happens when every single problem that someone has is immediately solved for them. It can be solved by a parent. It can be solved by anyone, but it can also be solved by technology. And that's the world we live in. Because typically, historically, before we had such access. To technology and so much, let's call it knowledge. We can't call it wisdom because there's a whole lot of information. I guess we don't even call it knowledge. We call it before we had access to all the information that we do on what we call the information highway. If someone, if a young person had a problem, they most likely, if it wasn't something that they were embarrassed to talk to their parents about, and then therefore they would first go to their friends or a not so immediate relative. Basically, you went to your parents and sometimes your parents, if it was an academic problem, sent you to an encyclopedia, an actual set of books that was in your home or in the nearby library or at your school, and you researched, you looked up the answer, you turned the pages till you found what you needed. And if you couldn't find what you needed from your parents and from the books that were accessible to you either immediately in your own home or nearby at a school or a public library, you gave it thought. You maybe discussed it with other people your own age, but you pondered it and you developed in yourself a certain creativity for thinking through how to solve problems or get answers to questions that weren't readily available. That quality, that characteristic is pretty much gone. And that's what learned helplessness is. It's gone because when children don't have challenges to overcome, intellectual challenges, thinking problems through, when they don't have to do that, they don't know what to do when they face difficult situations in their lives that are in real time. Because problem solving has a muscle memory aspect to it for the human brain. You know, it's like piano. I I learned piano, to play piano late in life. But then I go through periods when I don't play at all. And then I'll sit down at the piano, maybe months having not even touched a key, and I'll begin to play songs that I was playing months before because the muscle memory is in my fingers. It's there, and it comes back kind of quickly. Well, the human brain, in a way, has a similar feature, which is, if you never use it to problem solve, then you don't have anything to draw on when it actually happens in real time in an instant case. So we have probably two generations after my generation that have been raised with a sense of learned helplessness because everything they do, they went to the technology to get the answer. and. The faster the technology brought the answers, the more impatient they became, the less tolerant they have for waiting. And waiting or patience is what's required when you want to figure out and solve problems because the answers don't often come instantly. They come through, you know, I have this quality in my own brain, I call it, I go on Roam. R-O-A-M, I go on Rome. My family, my daughter knows, she, she jokes about it. If I am having a discussion with someone and I try to think of something and I can't bring it back in the moment, I'll continue the discussion, we'll go on, I'll go about my day, and five hours later, boom, I'll shoot out the thing I couldn't think of five hours before and I like to joke that I've been on Rome. My brain has been looking for that information ever since the moment that I couldn't find it. But there's no such desire even in young people today because they don't have the time or the patience to be bothered with the long game because they've been raised on instant gratification. It isn't instant intellectual gratification. It's instant responsive gratification. The accuracy or the truthfulness of what they find isn't paramount in their mind. I mean, when you search something on Google, the algorithm tells you what the answer is going to be. The algorithm presents you with a certain amount of options for what you're looking for, but that algorithm has an agenda. Google has structured it in a way that it gets you the possible responses to your question that Google wants you to have. And quite often they have a political perspective behind them or a manipulative quality to them because they want you moving and thinking in a specific direction. From 1999 to 2010, teen self-harm rates were above 300 per 100,000 people, and the suicide rates were above probably about 10 per 100,000 people. But after 2010, the suicide and self-harm rates for young people, ages 18 to 24, have trended upward ever since. Child mental illness has trended up increased dramatically. Why? Because 2007 was the arrival of the iPhone, and it changed everything. It changed absolutely everything. You know, there's a world-renowned physician and psychologist. His name is Dr. Leonard Sachs, and he's quoted as saying, over the last three years, American kids have gone off the deep end and are now many, many times more likely to be anxious, depressed, disengaged, unmotivated, and not paying attention compared to kids in Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. Why? Well, COVID, right? Number one, COVID locked everyone down. And kids were ever more reliant and addicted to that instant gratification of what they could get on the technology at their fingertips but also because remember he said American kids well US kids go to bed with their phones at their ear or next to their face the last thing they do before they go to bed is spend time on their phone in Europe That is not nearly as common as it is here. In the United States, kids have game consoles in their bedrooms. It's very uncommon in Europe. I I know personally, my daughter, who I've talked about on the podcast before, who spent three years in the Israeli army as a volunteer out-of-country lone soldier. She was a combat search and rescue commander in in the Israeli defense forces. My daughter was raised in a rural setting for most of her, for her, up until she was aged. Nine ten we basically lived in farm country, and I moved there deliberately because our daughter my ex husband and i our daughter was adopted, and we wanted to bond as a family and i didn't want to live around a lot of commercialism and malls and the kinds of things that distract from meaningful bonding relationships, so we lived pretty much in the woods um, I say it's the woods it was really a uh, horse and farm country, Chester County Pennsylvania, and her Spare time was walking to neighborhood farms and the cows and the horses. And on Saturdays, because we were a religious family at the time, we stayed home and we played board games and her access to technology was very limited. Her access to the television was extremely limited. And so my daughter grew up with nature and with books. Those were her go-to things to do for enjoyment. I never allowed the television to be a babysitter. It was hard, it was hard on me. It was hard I guess on my ex-husband because we didn't just plop her down somewhere and then go do the things we wanted to do. We engaged with her all the time or she was outside playing or she was reading. And it molded her into a certain kind of teenager and a certain kind of young adult. And so she went off to the IDF And she was there for three and a half years. And of course, the only access she had really to the outside world while she was in the IDF was her cell phone. And it changed her. It changed her a lot. And not for the better. Now, the IDF changed her for the better. But her reliance on the cell phone, it didn't take away her love of reading. But in many ways, it supersedes her love of reading. And it also, it certainly diminishes her time to read. And also, it has, in my opinion, skewed her ability to have personal relationships. She's not alone. She's probably got a stronger foundation than most of her peers because most of her peers were not raised in that kind of rural and nature-oriented environment. And most of her peers' parents didn't set out with the determination I did to build a foundation for her that was not focused on materialism. My daughter is now 29 years old. She sleeps with her phone next to her. Uh, Her life is, is that phone in many ways. And it saddens me to see but she's not alone. The technology is very addicting. I, myself, I live alone. And so, like many people, and I'm I'm kind of a tech person in the sense that I do research on the web. I still have a profession that I'm active in, and I do research for these shows. I watch certain things on YouTube that I enjoy. I, myself, see what has changed in my life when the technology is there to fill the time, when you would otherwise be doing things that, in my opinion, are significantly more meaningful. You know, I can give you a really basic, rudimentary example that's almost a flash from the past. When I was in my 20s, I was doing undercover investigative work, and my company sent me out to California and whenever i was on assignment they always i had a fake a fake identification because i was undercover so they would rent me an apartment and rent me a car and and i'd have a false identity for the term that i was there doing the undercover work corporate undercover work this one time they forgot to rent a television and i got to southern california and i i unpacked in my apartment and I looked around and there was no TV. And I thought, what in the world am I going to do? I'll go crazy here. Because when I was 20 years old, the thing you did was television. There was no iPhone. There was no computer. And so in a matter of days, I saw the quality of my life change remarkably for the better. Without television, I went outside and started to run. There was a track near my apartment and I ran every day. And then I found myself going out and intermingling with people more, being more social and looking for things to do and pursuing cultural interests that I had. Because suddenly I realized how much of my life was taken up by watching television when I could have done things that were so much more meaningful and connected me so much more to other people. And so this quality of learned helplessness is incredibly dangerous. Why? Because mainstream media and despots around the world have agendas, and those and governments around the world have agendas. And it's to get you to think the way they want you to think so that they can get you to do what they want you to do. And for the most part, that is to be enslaved to their agendas. If you can't think for yourself, if you can't encounter a new situation or new facts and discern for yourself truth from untruth, or at least discern for yourself what about it has value for you and what doesn't, what may get you where you wanna go and what may not, what may help you be more independent or what may cause you to be more dependent. If you can't do that, then you're certainly going to wind up enslaved figuratively and literally under the wrong circumstances. And so we've got two generations that have been herded into learned helplessness and it's a huge problem for the future. I say it's something we all need to think about and like everything else, setting an example is the best way to teach. So for some of the people in those generations that have come after us, those of us who are boomers, for some of those people, they may never crawl out of the apathy, the intellectual apathy that they have grown up in. But for others, set the example. If you have grandchildren, if you have children, if you yourself are listening and you're at an age that you realize that your go-to is one of the devices, it's your iPhone or your iPad or your or your computer, then begin to change the way you're living. You know that saying, change the way you think about things and the things you think about change is true. And it's particularly true on a podcast like this, which is all about thinking for yourself. So I guess it's worth repeating, be the example, change the way you think about things and the things that you think about will change. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. Hopefully I'll be well enough on Wednesday or Thursday, whatever, two more podcasts this week to be back here again. Until then, by all means, think for yourself.
0: Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.